Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for another episode. And today I'm thrilled to have back with me David McLaughlin. He is the CEO and founder of Quantiverse. Quantiverse has a very exciting new tool and service offering that we're going to talk about. But David, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Tom, great to be here and great to talk to you again. So I hope I get this right. I've called the tool or new offering country code derivation. Is that right? And if it is, what is it? Yeah, it is uh, country code derivation. I'll, I'll put a little bit of a twist on the new word. It's actually been a core part of our capabilities and uh, platform for several years now. The new part is the offering of it as a distinct and unique, separately packaged capability. So before, while we had it as part of the deliverable to our customers to help them learn more about their customers, their lines of business, the entity type, where they're located, the country code, we have pulled that out, separately packaged that, and are offering that to the market we found that there's a really specific and unique need for understanding the country code of transacting parties. So, David, how does this assist financial institutions to identify potentially risky jurisdictions or country codes of transacting parties? It's a great question and an answer that's pretty complex. There's no one answer that I can give you about how it works. I mean, if you think about jurisdictions or addresses or country codes, there's multiple levels of complexity to that problem. It's all the data problem. Either the data is malformed or the data is missing or there's no way to capture, no existing way to capture where somebody that is transacting is located. So you have a problem from completely missing information to horrendously malformed data to really maybe just a misspelling of somebody's address that might throw a a computer off in in understanding the country code. So there's no, it's not like I could say, this is the model, this is the algorithm that is always used to identify somebody's country code. In fact, what it is, is a multi-model layered approach of going, sifting through different capabilities to then identify, accurately identify where somebody's jurisdiction is. I mean, there are components of fuzzy matching. There are components of natural language processing. There's components of key tag matching. There's about six different models with different levels of complexity that will go in and identify somebody's transacting party's jurisdiction. At the end of the day, it's all about, and like the rest of our platform, It's all about taking disparate data, data from different sources, different technology sources, normalizing that data so that it's all sort of formatted the same way and has a structure to it, and then doing some analytics on that data. And country code is the same thing, but it's specific to finding the location, transacting location of a partner. David, you used a term I've not heard before. It was malformed data. Could you explain what you meant by that? Yeah, sure. So malformed data could be something that's just uh, 
misspelled incorrectly, or it could be corrupted data as in two systems taking a field that is supposed to be an address and putting that together into one field. And that combination of those two addresses makes no sense. It might have a name, it might have a number in it, but it doesn't really represent address or a jurisdiction the way we would think about it. It could be malformed from the perspective of two different languages that have got themselves into the address field, or it could just be malformed because the operator that entered it at the beginning didn't do it right, or put a name in instead of an address, or combined a name and an address. Malformed data is just any data that is not formatted the way that standards have it finds to be. And so this this goes to clean that up and put it in the standard format and make it able so that computer programs can evaluate that. So, David, how or why, perhaps, is determining the jurisdiction of a transaction or a third party or a counterparty important? It's a really core part of understanding risk. You can understand if you can see how if you don't know the jurisdiction of one of the transacting parties and because you don't know it, you are missing the fact that somebody is operating from or transacting from a war zone that might be being funded by terrorist activity or terrorist funding, or it might be being transacted from a PIFCA area, high intensity and frequency transacting area. Any of those kind of jurisdictions that indicate risk, if it's missed, it's a missed opportunity to find instances that are potentially money laundering or fraud. Now, on the flip side of that, if that information is missing, the regulations state that an organization is supposed to default to the highest risk jurisdiction. It's supposed to assume it's coming from a risky place. And so you can see if something is missing a country code, but in fact is coming from the U.S., the U.K., other areas that are not deemed to be really risky, but it defaults to a high-risk jurisdiction, you're going to drive up your false positive rate. And all of a sudden, the person is going to have to begin to manually go and search that false positive to determine, in fact, whether it is a significant risk or, or not. So it's important both for risk reduction as well as cost management in financial crime programs. So, David, could you tell us how this was done in the past and how this service offering makes banks more efficient today? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was done in the past just manually. And I would say in the present, for the most part, just manually until somebody employs technology like ours. It's a person or a group of people that is having to go and Google search or do some sort of search about some potentially limiting information to try to find their way through to understand the jurisdiction of a, of a party. You know, it could be looking at news articles to see if somebody that's named in a transaction in the news article states where they're from. It could be just doing a Google location search to find if somebody is from a certain area. There's multiple steps that a human would have to take to, to 
identify a transaction, but all of them are manual. Uh, we have a client that before they deployed our platform, they spent three days at the end of each month going through, this is a correspondent banking business, and they would spend three days at the end of the month going through the, all of the missing jurisdictions, all those transactions that had no country code assigned to them, and manually search through those missing country codes to try to identify it. And what they found was that even at the end of those three days, they were only able to get through 75% of the transactions. And so people spent three days manually just searching for country codes to properly identify them. And then 25% of the missing ones still went into their detection system without a country code, which created false positives for them. We were able to automatically get 100% of their country codes identified and into the system, you know, now in a matter of minutes instead of three days. David, when I first uh, researched the information you provided on country code derivation, it struck me that this is a tool and a service that is much broader than banks and financial institutions and their fight against money laundering. Could a commercial corporation use this tool as a part of their overall risk assessment process before we even get to detection or prevention as well? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Any organization that needs to understand the location of a party, whether it's a bank in a transaction or a commercial that needs to know where their agents of their vendors are, where the sales agents of their partners are, where the location of their customers are, anybody that needs to understand Try to derive that, find that country, find that jurisdiction, can uh, use this technology and use this technology effectively. It could be used to validate, as they're bringing on vendors, validate the location of those vendors to ensure that they and their agents are where they say they are. It can be used to validate a customer and make sure that they are where they say they are. So, you know, there's almost limitless examples of how this technology can be used by any organization that needs to understand the location of And let me turn over to the supply chain because you, you touched on that with vendors. It's not uncommon to have 5, 10, 15, 50,000 vendors in a multinational organization. It seems to me that this offering really brings a level of efficiency that you can bring to your vendor risk management process as well. No question about it, especially when you get in a size organization that has that many vendors and you think about that many vendors and they themselves are oftentimes decentralized organizations that may be global in nature and and they have different organizations operating inside their company structure that are spread throughout the globe. So, So yeah, anyone that is attempting to make that more efficient and I would say more effective you're going to get more accuracy out of using a systematic technology to do it the same way every time and, and has been validated to be proven effective over people having to manually search for this and manually check this and people get tired at the end of the day and maybe don't have the energy to put into it as much as they were at the beginning day. All the reasons that the quality of results when, when humans do it can change. 
those challenges can be mitigated against when you use a, a technology like this. David, you may not be aware, but on June 1 of this year, the Department of Justice released its 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs. And one of the changes in this new document specified that a compliance practitioner or chief compliance officer or others in a corporate compliance function are required to have access to data literally across the organization. A company must demonstrate that it is working to give the compliance officer and compliance function access, and that if they do not have access, they have to be able to explain why they don't. It also strikes me that this tool specifically answers that question because it would give the compliance professional, the corporate compliance function, access to data that they may not have had access to before to utilize in their risk management process. Yeah, certainly. And also think about that regulation for a second and that guidance for a second in the context of the organization that's 50,000 vendors. And even if you do give the compliance professional access to that data, that's all. I mean, that's really hard for somebody to sort through. It's a, that's a hard data management and data governance problem. And to, to validate that that information that somebody has access to is accurate and to go out and find the missing pieces of that in an accurate way is not an easy problem. So, yeah, it can, it can do both of those things. It can help with both of those things. It can provide that compliance professional with data that they need. It can do it in a way that validates the accuracy of it. It can update it in a way that is automatic and systematic and regular. All of those things that, besides just the data that a compliance professional needs, but the accuracy of that data without the manual effort to go find it themselves is an important component of this capability in our our overall platform, I would say. David, I've been honored to have you on my podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. But I wanted to maybe ask, it struck me also in researching this new offering that this service may actually be more important now in the age of coronavirus and COVID-19, and particularly as businesses now look like we're going to be in the same phase, Q3, Q4, and maybe the first six months of 2021. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that's a really astute assessment. And I mean, we can all sort of cross our fingers and hope this thing goes away quickly. And we all, I know at the beginning, I hoped it would, but it certainly does not appear to be happening that way. And so what's going on is there is, in many organizations, a development of a backlog because remote work, employees out, inefficiencies, more alerts coming, more things to look at. And so it creates, has created in some organizations, a fairly significant and growing backlog. And anything that requires three days of a person to or people to sit down and manually find out is only going to exacerbate the growth of that back. And so tools like these that can go and automate that function can help manage and reduce that backlog. You know, there's no value in a person going and identifying the jurisdiction of this transaction is with when a computer can go validate the jurisdiction of this transaction. There's no insight to that. There's no value to that. But there's time spent on that when those people can be spending their time on much more valuable 
items that require human insight and require human expert. You know, we're big believers in automate the things that are not really adding value to the process and things that might be clogging up the wheels and jurisdiction we have seen is certainly one of them. We have a uh, one customer that, again, correspondent banking, a different one that I referred to earlier, but 80% of their counterparties had no jurisdiction, 80%. And so that's a pretty significant challenge that in the world of coronavirus would be adding to the backlog of that organization if they hadn't deployed some technology to, to solve that problem. David, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted more information on Quantiverse or country code derivation, where could they go? They can certainly go to our uh, website, www.quantiverse.net. We have a LinkedIn page. They can uh, check us out there and see a lot of the materials and publications that we put out in social media. And, you know, one of those two ways is a great way to to learn more about our company and what we're doing to help our customers. Well, David, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to share this story with us, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. It's always a pleasure. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.